Everyone's gonna get on here and tell you how to have the best year of your life. I don't wanna do that. I wanna tell you how to have the worst 2024 possible. That's right. I want to inform you about what you can continue doing or begin to do to just go ahead and terrorize your 2024. If you want to contribute to a terrible 2024, hunt for toxicity and drink it. I love the toxicity though. Keep it toxic though. I'm, I'm done ranting. <laughs> so if you want to be miserable, believe that you will be finally free once you get that raise. Believe that you will no longer have stress in your life your marriage will be perfect, your kids will be awesome as soon as you get that raise. Believe that, believe it. So you can be dissatisfied in 2024 like you were in 2023. There are some conversations that we feel we're not allowed to have. Most Christians can't be seen to have moments when they lose control or even struggle. In these moments, you need someone to go into the deep end with you. Nuance is something you can only find if you're willing to go deeper. And those who are willing are often misunderstood by those who aren't. This is the deep end with LaCroix. Ladies and gentlemen, it is 2024. It's not 2023 anymore. Uh, some time ago, we created this whole calendar system where after 365 days, something miraculous happens and all of a sudden we're brand new. In 365 days, we now uh, become new people. In 365 days at that mark, it's all of a sudden the season for your blessing. It's all of a sudden the season for you to change your eating habits. I don't know what happened on the 363rd day, but the 365th day, that's your day, okay? That's your time. Um, I don't know why we put so much pressure on a new year, but I do think it's something great in terms of having a benchmark or, or, or having a, a day to set a goal. Um, I think that if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready, okay? I think that's the reality of seeing transformation and change happen over a consistent period of time. And I want you guys to have an incredible 2024. Uh, I want it to be great for you, okay? You got a new year, you got new mercy, but guess what else you're gonna have? New trials and tribulations. Everyone's gonna get on here and tell you how to have the best year of your life. I don't wanna do that. I wanna tell you how to have the worst 2024 possible. That's right. I want to inform you about what you can continue doing or begin to do to just go ahead and terrorize your 2024. I remember a time period in my life where I spent probably the better part of my um, college graduation wasting my life. Uh, starting on college graduation night, okay? I graduated from college. That night, I got arrested. How about that? How about that? How about you beat all the odds, you transform the, 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 the cycle in the family and graduate from college, and then that very night, you go ahead and perpetuate the cycles in the family. I got arrested. Now, to be fair, um, I went out that night with a couple friends, 
Um, I asked this young lady uh, if she knew where uh, something was. And another gentleman thought I was trying to talk to her. He got upset. He came outside. We had exchanged words. He said something I didn't appreciate. A fight ensued. I got the better of him, but I didn't know he had about four other people with him. They came running outside. I had one guy with me. It turned to a big melee. My friend broke his wrist. The police came. We were in cuffs, and it was a crazy situation. However, the point I'm making is... I was supposed to be breaking cycles that night. It was supposed to be a moment of transformation. It was supposed to be new year, new me. Graduated and big things are going to happen. Well, how do you mess that up? How do you mess up graduating from college? You go out and do the same things that have perpetuated uh, a cycle in your family for years. You get yourself arrested, okay? That's how you ruin a college graduation. Um, and, you know, this kind of uh, thinking, you know, thinking that by happenstance, just because I got this degree, all of a sudden my life is going to be so much better. You got to use it, people. You got to use it. So as you're entering to the new year, here's what you can do. You cannot use all the skills and the things that life has taught you in the last year. You can just pretend like you learned nothing. You can, matter of fact, you can just drift toward complacency and uh, being undisciplined and perpetuate all the cycles that you've seen in your life in your family year after year after year. You too can be like me on your college graduation uh, night and just, you know what I mean? Take advantage of nothing. Act as if you've learned nothing throughout everything that you've gone through and that you've experienced. Many people have said it's been a hard 2023 for them. They said it's rough. They went through some of the darkest times of their lives. And you know, you got a choice. You have a choice. You can either be trained by your trauma or trapped by your trauma. You get to decide. You want to have a terrible 2024, be trapped by your trauma. Allow it to be the baseline for how you exist. Just, hey, this is, this is the lowest, you know, this is where I know I'm good if I am functioning in trauma. I never had a, a healthy parent in my life. I never knew what love was, and that's how I function in life. I'm not trying to grow. I'm not trying to change. I'm just using that as my excuse to continue down this dark path that I've been on. Do that and, and life will go terrible for you if that's what you want. If you want 2024 to look like 2023, continue using trauma as your excuse to stay low instead of your reason to go high, instead of your reason to get help and to get healthy. That's one of the things that you can do. All right, so this thing right here is an album. I know it. you may not know what an album is. It's like a thing that plays records. A record, in order to listen to it, you have to flip it over to hear both sides of it. Now, generally, the A side of the record is all the commercial hits, all the stuff that everybody knows. The B side is like the deep cuts, the stuff that most people don't get to hear. The stuff that's like, whoa. I wanted to be successful to escape dysfunction. Mm. 
So, so when I'm talking to somebody, I'm coming as the most authentic form of myself as possible. Now, I ain't for everybody, which is why God has so many disciples, because everybody ain't for everybody. There's a B-side to our worlds, to our lives, that most people don't get access to, that most people don't talk about, but we want to do that. And that's what the B-side app is. The B-side is a safe place to talk about the things that, you know, are on the other side of the record. Download the app and join the family. See you on the B-side. Um, I've seen it happen over and over again. People say, well, you don't know my story. You don't know what I've been through. I don't. I have no idea. You're right. I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know what David went through in the Bible. I don't know what his life looked like. I don't know what Rahab experienced as a prostitute uh, and how men may have treated her. I don't know what it was like for Paul to be shipwrecked and cast in that water. I don't know what it was like for Jesus to be beaten with cat of nine tails or take all the lashes and be strung up on a cross. I have no clue what it was like. But let me tell you something. All those are different circumstances. However, we have the same God. Different people, different circumstances, same God. So I don't know what hand life has dealt you over the last year, but I do know that we have a God that is faithful and consistent and will get us through whatever circumstance or situation that we've been in. I do know that we have a God who will allow trials and tribulations to grow us into becoming healthy individuals if we will take the time to learn. It's not really rocket science, you know what I'm saying? It's not really rocket science. We beat each other up uh, over the last few years over politics, right? We did that. We just, we beat each other up. And some years our guy wins and other years their guy wins. And guess what? Are we better? Are we happier? Is our life, did, did that somehow just change everything about your life? Does Jesus love you more now that your guy's in office? No? Well, hey. Keep it up. Keep it up. Keep on fighting. Fighting with each other for someone that probably neither of you would hang out with or will ever meet to sit in a position of power and authority in your country. Just hate each other over that. How about that? That's great. You know, when your team won the Super Bowl, did your life change? Were you a better human being? Did your marriage thrive? Were your kids whole and complete? Did they love you more? Did that steak dinner taste a little bit better because your team won Super Bowl? No? Who cares? Keep it up. Keep it up. Keep believing that your, your team making it is the end all be all. Keep it up. Keep arguing with people and not liking people because they have a different team allegiance than you. Keep it up. And your 2024 will suck. It'll suck like every other year sucks for you when your team doesn't go to the Super Bowl, okay? Let's just be clear. Uh, I just see the same things happening over and over again. I see us falling for the same tricks, the same traps. Uh, it's funny because, you know, it's, I, I'm not sitting here saying that politics doesn't matter. That, that's not what I'm saying. I, I do think change happens Politically, I think it happens through prayer. I think it happens through um, policy. I think it happens through protest. I do think change happens through those particular things. I just don't think they are the end all be all. I don't. And the reason why I don't think that is because my grandmother is 96 years old. She's seen more presidents than I probably have seen, I don't know, uh, you know, uh, uh, Survivor Series. 
because there's a lot of seasons of Survivor, okay? Just, uh, but the fact of the matter is, as a whole, as a whole, the quality of her life did not just miraculously change because a new election cycle just took place. It just didn't happen. It didn't happen, right? Like, she tells me stories of history and and. You know what I'm saying? She's currently living in the most wealthiest time period ever, ever. And she's a free black woman who experienced what it was like to drink out of a colored water fountain, all these particular things, right? And she still has to struggle, struggle with all kinds of different health issues, hospital issues, you know, issues with getting proper service, all types of things like Life, the world, this, the matrix has a glitch in it, y'all. I don't know if you knew that. The matrix has a glitch in it. Like, no matter who's in office, the world will be broken. Humanity will be broken. There will always be a glitch in the matrix. And we're not going to be able to fix that until we die and are with Jesus. So I just want you to understand, in general, uh, if you'd like to be miserable in 2024, then put all your chips in the presidential election basket. Put them all in there and believe that, matter of fact, the Messiah is going to live in the White House. I want you to believe that if you think 2024 would be great. Uh, So let me get off my political uh, soapbox and tell you some other things that I think will make your 2024 absolutely suck. Okay. Uh, Here's the thing. Like I said before, we live in one of the most wealthiest time periods in the history of the world. Okay. Um, if you live in America, you're rich by all comparison, right? You, you, you sleep in a bed every night. You have running water, unless you live in Flint, shout out to my people in Flint. Uh, you have running water. You probably have somewhere to sleep on a regular basis. Uh, you're eating probably three meals a day and getting full. Okay. Uh, so by all intents and purposes, you're rich. Now, The richer we get as a society, the more isolated we become. Why is it that as soon as we get money, we decide we want to live in a house on a hill away from everybody, not deal with anybody, not have to see anybody behind closed gates to where paparazzi has to come out and chase us because we're just so uh, uh, exclusive? Well, that's if you're famous. There's a whole kind of different concept there. But the point I'm making is the more money we get, the more we want to be away from people. Right. We, I just don't touch me peasants. We want to be in isolation. If you would like to have a terrible 2024, continue your journey of isolation. Continue trying to be by yourself. I don't know if you guys have read the same Bible I've read, but in the Bible that I read, God says that he made human beings in his image and his likeness. So, hmm, I I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to be out alone in nature and by yourself and up on a hill. However, God did not make the trees in his image and his likeness. God's desire and design is not for nature and trees and birds to be the complete reflection of who he is. He wants us to be with each other in and around each other. That is his desire. We were put on the planet to cultivate, to subdue the earth and, you know, Uh, multiply. You know what I'm saying? Be fruitful and multiply. Like culture is literally uh, an agri... It's like we talk about agriculture. It's it's like taking something and making it fruitful and nourishing it. 
So you get agriculture because of the ideas that take a plants and make them fruitful. So culture is like creating sustainability for human beings. If you're a part of that process, if you're part of human flourishing, you're actually walking out exactly what God wants you to do. If you don't want to be a part of human flourishing, keep chasing isolation. Be by yourself in your apartment, binge watching Netflix, uh, scrolling on Instagram and Twitter, not having any real relationships with people, just these casual DMs where you don't really know the person, you just know their highlight reel, you just know their representative. That's going to get you through 2024 hellaciously. You're going to face your darkest moments and you'll have your buddies to DM. Perfect. Who? What? That's amazing. So when your mom or your, your dad transitions to, you know, meet the Lord, you can get a slew of DMs. How awesome is that? You can get a bunch of comments under your, your post that's, that have little uh, doves and, and broken hearts. Oh, no, the heart with the bandage on it. Or I like that one, too. That will, I think that'll bring healing. I think, your whole, I think you're going to be healed from that. I think you reading those comments of bandages, that's going to do it. <laughs> Hanging out with friends to walk you through that, who needs that? Who needs that? It'll be terrible, first of all. So if you like to uh, become a weirdo because you are now uh, allowing the bitterness and the grief to take root in your heart, and you no longer want to be around people, and you no longer know how to navigate hard circumstances, continue being isolated. If you'd like to, uh, you know, have kids and your kids be strange and, and mistrust everyone in the world because they're, that's what they've been cultured into because of your isolated thinking, continue. That's great. You will have a terrible 2024 if you continue to live on an island, all right? Just do it. Just do it. Who needs people? Who needs people? Who needs image bearers? Who needs a Mago Day in their lives? Forget about all those together and one another verses. What? Did God already know what he was talking about? I mean, really? Uh, listen, you want uh, let, to, let's talk, let's talk to, the, to, the, to, the, to the married couples, okay? Let's talk to y'all for a second. Let's, let's talk about how y'all can have an awful 2024. How about this? How about you carry all of the baggage from last year, the year before, into this year? How about you do that? How about you keep score? What if you keep score and keep tabs on all of the things that they've done wrong in the relationship so you can bring them up in a battle? How about that? How about... How about you forget about what Corinthians says about, uh, you know, love believes all, love endures all. How about you forget about all of the things that love, love is patient, it's kind. Like, forget all that. Keep tabs. Keep records. Be resentful. Hold grudges in your house. That, that's going to make a, a hellacious year for you. I think you should definitely do that if you don't want this year to be great. I think it'd be awesome for you to just continue resenting the person that you live with for all the things that they didn't say or didn't do or the things they did say or they did do. I think it'd be great, husbands, if you don't lead. Don't lead in humility. 
don't lead in forgiveness. Do not lead in uh, acknowledging your own faults. Don't do that. I mean, shoot, if she's not going to apologize, why should you? I mean, this whole leadership thing is overrated, isn't it? Why should you lead in humility? She's not going to be humble. I mean, you know what I mean? So we want the smoke, don't we? We want all the smoke in 2024. So let's welcome that. It's the year of toxicity, right? Let's just be toxic to each other. How about that? Let's find new ways to be toxic. <laughs> this is my favorite, okay? If you want to contribute to a terrible 2024, hunt for toxicity and drink it. Hunt for it online. Look for all of the toxic conversations. Subscribe and follow all of the toxic gossip sites you can. And, you know, be a part of the groupthink that just wants to mount up hatred and toxicity on top of hatred and toxicity for other people until it just brings your heart contentment. Until you are just a content and better person. Until something in you is just like, man, that was all the toxicity I had in my heart and I'm done now. And now I can be peaceful and kind and loving and caring. Because that's how it works, right? That's how it works, right? When, when, you, when you're angry and bitter and you get it all out, then you're better, right? That's how it works. Because cause there's a limit, right? There's like a limiter. So once you like start gossiping and talking down to someone to where they feel small, and then you've dominated them with with words of hatred and 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 just like bitterness, then suddenly you're healed. And and then they're healed too, because they learn their lesson, right? Because you you smash them down, you put them in their place, and then they learn their lesson. And they're like, thank you so much. I'm such a better person for you just talking crazy to me. Like, you know, parents, what if we do that? What if, what if we do that to our kids? What if we just like every time they get on our nerves, we just let them know you suck as a human being. Like you suck as a human being. Like think about this. Think about this. You just had a newborn. Okay? You just had a newborn. What's your newborn good at? What are they good at? Nothing. They can't change themselves. They can't feed themselves. They literally can do nothing. What if we like hold that against them? Like you suck, you're so dependent. I have to do everything for you. What if we do that? What if we are annoyed constantly at their level of dependency and just their neediness and just lash out on them? What if we parent out of fear instead of love? What if we do that? What if we, what if we say, man, I'm so afraid that you repeat the cycles in my life that I'm hounding you and drilling you and on your head. What if we just put expectations, like the weight of them is like bricks. Let's just put bricks in their backpack and send them off to school. Be perfect, let, don't let us down. Ch break all of the cycles. The history of the families on your shoulders, don't mess it up. What if we're embarrassed by them when they cut up in public? What if we center ourselves in our parenting and we don't, you know, we don't find that they need to grow and we need to invest in them, but instead we find ourselves embarrassed because they're not a good reflection of us. 
hey, don't cry or do something sinful or broken in public because you make me look bad. Let's do that in 2024. More of it. Are you here for it? We want all the smoke, right? We always say this year is our year. And typically what we mean when we say that is that um, good things are going to happen for us, right? Good things. But, but the good things that happen for us generally happen to us in a benevolent kind of like material way. Like one of the best things to ever happen to me is going through hard times. Why? Because it prepared me. It made me more disciplined. It gave me endurance. Um, I went to the gym on a regular basis and changed my diet and it sucked. I'm not going to be one of those people that's like, yes, it was so amazing to like eat spinach and chicken breasts all the time and to run three miles. It sucked until it didn't. It sucked until it was like I saw the benefits and the fruit of it, and then it became enjoyable. So a lot of us are looking forward to like just the benefits without the work it takes to get on the other side of that. And so what we tend to do, we're benefit chasers. Like we want all benefits, no struggle. We want all six pack abs, no cardio, no caloric deficit. And, you know, I don't think like social media culture or any of that has been helpful for us because we see things seem to be so instantaneous. And so we're all on this path of chasing, 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 but we only want the benefit. And so the sad part about it is, is that it seems so in reach that we're like, it's like a horse with, with the carrot on a stick and we're all chasing it. So this is the crazy part about it is. When you eat the carrot, you'll be hungry again. No one ever thinks about that. If you get that carrot and you eat it, you will be hungry again. And then you need another carrot. And then you need another carrot. If your whole life is about chasing the carrot, you'll be hungry every time. So here's how you can make your 2024 suck as well. Keep chasing carrots. Keep chasing them as if they are the most meaningful thing in your life. Keep chasing trophies. Uh, keep chasing uh, career positions and raises as if they are the only thing that matters. As if once you get that, you will experience satisfaction that is unlike anything else. Now, it's fine to want those things, right? But you got to want them. You got to want them like you want air freshener in your car. Okay, because here's the thing. Air freshener in your car is a great thing, especially like because, you know, smells and whatever. It, it smells good. It's great to drive for 300 miles and your car smells refreshing. That's a wonderful thing. But here's the thing. You got to get out the car. You, you're only in it to get you from A to B. The air freshener is not the ultimate, the end all be all. Like that drive is just a drive. It's a part of the journey and it's fine to enjoy the air freshener on the ride, but that's not the end all be all. So what we're what we're doing 
is we're killing ourselves for air freshener. We gotta get it, we'll fight in the aisle for air freshener, I gotta get, I gotta get this. Listen, your career path is the air freshener of your life. Your life is what really matters. The journey from birth to death and then beyond is what really matters. We're all sitting here fighting over the air conditioner of life. We're all sitting here vying and punching each other and killing each other and killing ourselves to become the number one this, the top that. And the crazy part about it is like, Really, we're chasing money and acclaim. What we believe money is, is freedom. So we're really chasing freedom because we think money, we, we think money will give us the freedom that we desire. And in some cases, it does free us to do things we want to do. So I'm not discounting that in our you know, uh, uh, economy, economic system, that certain doors are closed if you don't have the financial keys to turn them. Absolutely. Absolutely. But money is not the ultimate freedom that we think it is. It's not. So if you want to be miserable, believe that you will be finally free once you get that raise. Believe that you will no longer have stress in your life. Your marriage will be perfect. Your kids will be awesome as soon as you get that raise. Believe that. Believe it. So you can be dissatisfied in 2024 like you were in 2023. Believe it. Chase the trophies. Chase the awards. The awards are somebody else made up. It's an award that someone else made up to make us feel validated. There's, it's such a great thing to validate people. Like that's a beautiful thing to acknowledge the contribution, the hard work that people have put in. That's what should happen. When we fight for the validation, that's crazy. That's crazy. Like, I got three kids. If I was to take all three of my kids and say, hey, at the end of the year, the best kid wins an award, right? Whoever is the most obedient, whoever's the most loving, whoever, whatever. No, not even at the end of the year. Let's just say at the end of your time in this house, you win an award. And now they're fighting over who's going to be the, the favorite kid. I'm the favorite kid. No, I'm the favorite kid. I'm fighting for this. I'm going to earn the favorite kid award. I've got to I've got to get this. That's crazy. Because as a parent, I should want all of my kids to feel a sense of validation. I should want to encourage them for all of the accomplishments and all of the things that they've done and all the hills they've traversed and all the ways that they've they've gotten better and they've worked harder. It'd be crazy to just limit it to one of them and and that's it. But that's what we've done. We've said everyone does not deserve validation. Everyone does not deserve, you know, uh, dignity. Everyone does not deserve to be seen. You know, only those who have earned the right from us to be recognized. And this is not a dig on award shows or any of those particular things. It kind of is. But the point I'm making is, hey, I understand the sentiment of it, right? Sure, some people are better than others. But at the end of the day, you can't find your value in it. I've been nominated for Grammys multiple times. I don't know how many times. More times than I can count. I still... My value, my worth is not wrapped up in it. In 2024, I'm going to go to the Grammy Awards and I'm going to I'm nominated for two of them and I'm going to take my daughter with me. And if I come home with no awards, is she going to be disappointed in her dad? No, she's going to be like, my dad thought enough of me to take me out here to put me in this environment to see things I've never been exposed to because we've had this conversation and and that's really what it comes down to. Now, if you want, if I want to have a terrible 2024, I need to put all the chips in the basket of winning this Grammy, these Grammys. 
Let me put all my chips in that basket so that I can be sorely disappointed when I don't win or so that I can be so overjoyed when I do win that my identity is now, I've added another uh, piece of plastic onto my plastic identity already that is easy to melt so that if I don't win the year after, I'm now lesser than because this is what made me in the first place. So I've got to get them. I've got to get them all the time. But then really, if I compare myself to Beyonce, who am I? Forget Beyonce. Kirk Franklin, the man's got like 23 Grammys. Something like that. Who am I compared to him? So my identity can't be wrapped up in that. Listen, I'm not telling you don't pursue dreams. I'm not a dream killer by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not telling you don't pursue goals. I'm telling you, if you want your 2024 to suck, find your worth and your identity in those goals. Be so disappointed when they don't hit or happen that you're done with this whole thing called life. Just be done with it all. Do that. And for sure, your 2024 will be amazing. Here's another thing. I think, you know, <laughs> a lot of us think it's overrated. And so, you know, let's continue thinking it's overrated to grow. How about that? How about, how about let's think it's overrated to grow? I, I get it. I'm one of the people... I want to grow. I think we all want to grow to some extent, right? We want to be better people. We want to be healthier people. But I do believe if we could all just take a limitless pill or something along those lines and just bow, we have it, we would do that. That's not how the world works, unfortunately. So we've got to put some effort in. But here's the thing. We can just treat this year like all the other years where we put no effort in to our own growth and development. We don't have to read any books we don't have to watch any videos other than things that entertain us. We don't have to study. We don't have to spend time in, in prayer or in relationships, nurturing those relationships. Let's just, you know, uh, cut all that out. Let's just keep wishing for the limitless pill. The limitless pill that makes you a better mom, a better dad, a better husband, a better uh, wife. The limitless pill that makes you better in your craft. Because we all say this thing. Like, this is, this is, this is the thing I, I get frustrated by. And I'm just riffing because I'm frustrated by it. But, but what tends to... I'm not mad at New Year's resolutions, y'all. I'm not. I'm not trying to hate on them. I'm mad at the weight we put on them and the culture that we've created that says transformation happens by one massive overhaul that's pretty much unsustainable in the long term. Like transformation somehow happens because you paid an outrageous amount of money for this gym membership on January 1st. And now because you've gone from January to March, you, you're, you're thinking this is how it changes. That's not how it works. Transformation happens when you say, hey, it's going to take me from January to January to really look the way and feel the way I want to feel. And it's not about this massive overhaul or this huge investment or I'm redoing the house, I'm buying this gym in the basement or I'm going to buy these weights or this new workout outfit or this Peloton bike or any of those particular things. Um, shout out to Peloton in case y'all want to do a sponsorship. It's not a dig, okay? Just, just throwing it out there. But the point I'm making is we do these massive overhauls and expect massive results because we made this massive 
investment on the front end. That's not the way anything works. You've got to make consistent investments along the way. You can't say, I got $300 and I'm investing in an Apple stock this year. The Apple stock is like $1,500 a share. And you think because your one $300 investment that was a big deal for you this year, now all of a sudden change is going to come. That's not how it works. You could, however, you could, however, invest $20 a month in Apple for the next 36 months. I'm not good at math. Somebody in the, the, the comments do the math. And that's going to be more than $300. Okay. So I guess the point I'm making is it, not even 36 months. Let's just keep, let's go for a lifetime. Let's go for the next 10 years. Then you'll see change happen. What if you go to the gym regularly for the next five years? Now, you're not going to get every day. You're not going to make it every week, but you're committed to the next five years. What if you had a five-year plan instead of uh, this overzealous, passionate plan at the top of the year to take on something you weren't even prepared for? You don't even know the type of challenge you just stepped into. What if we keep doing this every year? How can we keep having to do this every year, make new res resolutions? Because we keep jumping into stuff we weren't even prepared for in the first place. Like, what if we took bites off of something instead of trying to chew the whole thing up? Generally, we're biting off more than we can chew. That's generally what we're doing. We're saying, ah, man, career change. This is what I'm doing. I'm quitting my job. I'm buying a bunch of equipment. I'm starting, I'm starting a YouTube channel. I'm doing it. Stupid. That's dumb. How about you keep your job? How about on the weekends, you film some stuff, you put it out there. How about you keep doing it year after year after year until it materializes and oh my goodness, you've got viewership. It's monetized. You can actually quit your job. It didn't happen overnight. True story. This is how I became a, a, a musician. I go, to, I go to college, right? I get out of college. I'm expecting a job because that's what they tell you, right? When you graduate from college, you'll get a job. I beat all the odds. I go to college. I get out. I'm thinking, well, where's this new life they promised me? It was nowhere to be seen. So I'm working security. I'm working security from 11 p.m. to 3 a.m. It's only part time. I'm pissed because I'm like, yo, I was promised this new career. I remember writing a letter to like a, a, a influencer at the time who was always on television. And I'm just like, hey, you talking all this talk, man. Help me out. I'm struggling out here. Right. So I got this night job as a security officer. My day job is 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 being a cable man. So I'm a cable man by day, a security officer by night. I graduated college. Where's this new thing that's supposed to be happening for me? It's not happening. So, you know, I get, I get into my, uh, uh, I get a, a, a raise or a promotion at my uh, cable job, at the cable man job. So I get a, a promotion at that job. And now I'm like, you know, what do you call it? I don't know, uh, a level two cable person. Right. Like, yeah, I can do customer service and installs now. You know what I mean? Like not a big jump, but it enabled me to quit the security job. I wanted to quit that job anyway because it sucked. I hated it. It was terrible. So now I'm just working at the cable company and, you know, I see a woman come in one day. They say, hey, the vice president is coming in uh, to talk to us 
about some changes that are going to happen. And good on her for trying to come talk to us low-level peons in the company. You know, come give us a pat on the shoulders and, and make ourselves known amongst the people. But when she did that, I took my shot. I went up to her. I said, excuse me, ma'am. Uh, I went to college. I have a degree. And I understand you're the vice president. Um, I don't know if it's possible, but I got Wednesdays and Thursdays off. Could I just come into the corporate building as an intern? I'll do it for free. Whatever you have me do, I'll do it for free just so I can learn. I was desperate. I took the internship. She was impressed with that. I did my internship, I don't know, six months to where they said, hey, we're going to hire you as a marketing coordinator. You got some good ideas here. Got my marketing coordinator job. The whole time, I'm still rapping, y'all. I still love rap music. I rapped. I rapped till my heart was content. I rapped at college. I rapped at the detention centers on the weekends. I rapped for my friends. I rapped everywhere I could go. I rapped on the street corners in downtown Dallas. I was a rapping fool. And I made my little mix CD and, you know, but I'm now at the cable company working this corporate job and I want to be a rapper. That's what I desire to do. So guess what I could have done? I could have said, well, forget this, man. I'm going all in. I'm going all in and I'm going to I'm going to quit this job and I'm going to start my rap career. And let's just, you know, what I'm saying hope it works out. It's the proverbial face tat. OK, when you get a face tat, you're saying I'm never going to work corporate. I'm doing this. So I could have did that, but I didn't. Thank God I had a smart and wise mother who told me that change happens in incremental steps most of the time. So what I did was I I worked corporate and I, I did my music on the side at night. Little by little, people heard the music when I made the CD. CD is this thing they play music on kids. Little by little, people heard the music, and they started inviting me to do a show. They say, hey, we, we don't know we can pay you. We'll give you, like, a donation, 200 bucks, 400 bucks. Man, in a weekend, I could get 800 bucks doing two events. 800 bucks, okay, looking at my rent. This can pay rent. I need a little bit more from a car situation. And it came to a point in time where I was able to pay my rent, make sure my car and my utilities were paid from doing these, these shows. Then it was time for me to leave my job. Then and only then. But not this massive overhaul. And that's the mindset that I think a lot of us have and we're carrying into every year is that we got to do this massive overhaul and transformation is going to happen. That's not how it generally works. So you can keep believing that you're the chosen one that you're the one that's going to be seen and all you're going to win the lottery of life because it's a new 365 days. And just, man, cast all wisdom to the side. Forget all that stuff. Cast it all to the side and just go dream chasing. I don't think it's wise, but who am I, right? I'm just a guy, you know, with a microphone in front of him uh, on YouTube. Who am I? So, again... What I desire for, for people is for them to flourish, for them to grow. What I desire for people is for them to be the best version of themselves they can be. I'm a firm believer in Ephesians 2.10 that you are God's workmanship created for the things that he's preplanned. You're God's workmanship. You are made for things. Like you're not here by happenstance. You were, you were purposeful. And I hate to see people waste their purpose. It bothers me. I'll never forget, you know, going into prisons and 
you know, taking money like this, and I sometimes still do this, and you might have seen this before, but you take the money and, and, I, and I'll tell the, the, the people in prison, I'll say, how much is this? They'll say, a dollar. I'll say, okay, cool, I crumble it up. I'll say, how much is it worth now? A dollar. I say, oh, okay, I spit on it. I wipe my arms around with it. I tell it, you're not worth anything. You're trash. You're nothing but trash. I throw it on the ground, stomp on it. Now how much is it worth? A dollar. I'm like, oh, so you mean to tell me it's never lost its worth? It's been spit on, stepped on, told it'll never amount to anything, but yet it's still valuable? Yeah. Well, that's us. We are God's workmanship, created for things he pre-planned. We are wonderfully and fearfully made. We are valuable, no matter how much we've been beat on, stepped on, tripped on. And I get it. I get us wanting to walk into the new year with this mindset of I matter. And so I'm going to charge in through the year. But no, don't charge in through the year because you matter. Charge behind God through the year because you matter. Because he's the shepherd. He's the one that can really open the doors. He's the one that can really bring about change in your life. He's the one that can really make the transformation happen. So go follow God, hard body, hardcore, because this is us. And this, this does, this has meaning. This is useful unless I use it as wallpaper or I blow my nose with it. Then I'm not using it for the purpose it was created for. And that's most of us a lot of times. You're made to be a Maserati, but you're acting like a dirt bike. You're spinning your wheels, you're spending your time doing things that you weren't created for and you weren't meant for. And you're burdening yourself chasing after lesser things when God has made you so much more valuable than these vain pursuits that we have on this side of the, of the earth. Where is the flourishing happening? Like, like where is the human flourishing happening in your world? Right? And it doesn't have to be massive, but who are the five people in your life that say, yo, without you there, I'm not who God wants me to be. Where are the, like, we're called a body for a reason, right? We're called the body of Christ. If you're a Christian, we're the body of Christ. Why are we called the body? Because we are interconnected, because we, we need each other. Who needs you and who do you need, right? Who do you need? Because if you don't need anybody, I guarantee you, you're not functioning in the way that God has designed you. You're not functioning in the way you've been purposed. If no one needs you, you're not functioning in the way that you're designed. You're not functioning in the way that you've been purposed. We're supposed to be interconnected. And we're not supposed to just be centering ourselves, chasing after every little thing under the sun that will make us satisfied. If you want to do that, you can be uh, the, 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 the catch me if you can character Leonardo DiCaprio played where, you know, you're this massive, wealthy individual who's a recluse and isolated and miserable. That's where that ends up. You know, I look at society now and I'm, I'm like. There's a, I forgot the, the guy's name, but he, I think he created Venmo and he's fighting right now to figure out how he can, you know, live as long as possible, like to live past 120 years old. He's trying to function in terms of aging in reverse. Now, I think it's, it's admirable. I think it's dope. I love the science behind it. It's like fun to watch him do this. But on the flip side, I'm like, of course I'd want to live forever if I don't believe there's life after this. Of course I want everything here to matter now if I don't believe nothing matters after this. Of course. I want to live to 150 years old if there's nothing else to look forward to after this life. Now, listen, if I can function as a healthy individual and still be able to bench press 225 pounds at 90 years old, I guess that's cool. 
But if all my friends are dead, I don't know if I want to be around. I don't know if that's the life I want. My grandmother's 96. All her friends are gone. She's just chilling, bothering her grandkids and her kids at this juncture in time. Like, what you doing? Chilling, Grandma. What you got going on? Oh, my knees hurt. You know what I'm saying? But it, it, it is actually dope that she's around because she can school us and educate us. It's, it's the fact that will we listen? But I do got to wonder what it's like to not have any peers. Like, you don't have a single peer. You're the last person standing. I don't want that to be me personally. You know what I'm saying? I'm just, I, that's just me. But, but I also know this about my grandmother. She's looking forward to another time. She's looking forward to a time period where their age doesn't matter and time is not of the essence. And I hope that we all would be, you know? So I want the best for us in 2024, but I want the best for us to, to come with a dose of reality, right? I want the best of us to come with a dose of reality. You will either be trained by your trauma or trapped by your trauma, one or the other. Trauma is coming for us all, right? I, well, let me not say trauma, let me say trouble is coming for us all. Because trauma is actually the inability to navigate your troubles with other people. Right, then it becomes a trauma because you have nowhere to go, nowhere to turn to. But trouble will come for us all. And trouble's coming in 2024. So it's not going to be a utopian year. It's going to be a year where trouble is going to come. How will you navigate it? Where will your strength come from? Where will your identity come from? And my prayer for us is that, man, we will realize we are wonderfully and fearfully made. We have a shepherd. In, in Psalm 23, you know, the, the scripture says, goodness and mercy will pursue you all the days of your life. The word pursue in Hebrew is radaf, which means hunt. Literally, God's goodness and mercy is hunting you down. You do not have to concern yourself with these frivolous and fruitless, vain attempts to matter, you already matter to God. His goodness and mercy is chasing you down. All you gotta do is follow the shepherd. He's a good shepherd. He's the chief shepherd. Is he your shepherd?